You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Theater Geeks Anonymous. The podcast about Broadway flops, scandals, and new work. I'm your host, Ebony Vines. And I'm your host, Pamela Shandro. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Theater Geeks Anonymous podcast on the Broadway Podcast Network and all your favorite podcast listening apps. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, so I love October so much. Part of that is because like it's candy season, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. Like the, you know, the trees are all turning. So you've got the leaves yeah. and it's usually apple picking season, which we missed mm-hmm. this year because of COVID-19 and obviously you're out of the state right now. But, mm-hmm. uh, but like the one thing that I did find that like really totally put me in the mood for October, mm-hmm. candy corn. I love them. Uh... And pumpkin mellow, the mellow creams. These are my favorites. So it's just, it's all sugar, yeah. right? It's all sugar. Just hardened like, sugar. Something about the pumpkin mellow creams. I just love it's candy corn in a pumpkin shape. Yeah. So I love it. Listen, I do. But usually when I'm at your place during the <laughs> October, like during fall or, or, um, Valentine's you'll have those or the little sweet tarts and we're <laughs> chomping as we record. Oh, man. It's a terrible, <laughs> terrible habit, but well, I can't do anything about it. It's October. It's October. I, <laughs> That this um this guy I used to work with, his name is Jason Gore, mm-hmm. and over the past couple of weeks he's been on Drew Barrymore's new TV show. I saw her on the side of a bus. I didn't even have <laughs> an idea that she had a new show. Okay, me me neither until I saw him posting on social media, <laughs> and so she brings him on to do like these little taste test type things with her. Fun. So the first one they did was this Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving candy corns. Oh, the harvest ones, the brown ones. No, they're like, they're like, like Thanksgiving. So there's a pumpkin pie one. (laughs) Yeah. And then this one was weird. A turkey one. Okay. So this is my feeling on that. Yeah. (laughs) I think if it's specifically meant for a season, I can totally get behind it. So like, if you told me that the flavor was like turkey and cranberry sauce, I would be like all for it. All for it. It tastes good. 
I mean, I would, th- I, I put cranberry sauce on a turkey sandwich. I know, but as candy is what I'm saying. No, I guess if you add enough sugar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, so she had the pumpkin pie one. Yeah. She loved it. He had the turkey one and he was like, it's fine. Like yeah, it didn't I- seem like it was super horrible, Yeah, but it was also just like weird. You know, well, he I- said, no, go ahead. Uh, well, he just said, she said, well, Jason, how is it? And he goes, meaty. <laughs> <laughs> well, cause I was just thinking about all, all of the savory flavors that they've got in jelly bellies. Yeah. Yeah. And like buttered popcorn has become one of my favorites. Yeah. I like it too. Cause it's got that kind of salty sweet together, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is, I don't know, my adult palate really loves. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I can get that like it may be something that you would have to like you would either like or hate yeah but it also might be like if you like it it might also be something where you have to kind of just get used to it like get it right. on your palate and be like okay it's growing yeah. on me i like it okay i can do this because it's it like cranberry like sauce right like cranberry sauce yeah i yeah. felt like i totally eat some of that pumpkin pie oh, i totally yeah. what you know <laughs> yeah it was like the turkey i was like oh, yeah, i'll try it <laughs> Cause yeah, I do love the butter popcorn jelly belly. Totally. Yeah. I'm like concocting the flavors. Like sometimes mm-hmm. we'll have recipes where like you put the buttered popcorn with a blueberry and it tastes like a blueberry muffin. <laughs> yeah. I love that stuff. I do too. I love sugar. Ma- sugar. <laughs> it's it's all hardened sugar or jelly sugar or. Yeah. It's just sugar. Just sugar. <laughs> it all breaks down into sugar, which is basically cocaine. <laughs> It's true. It's true. <laughs> so we've got, we're back, uh, back to our normal scheduled programming. Yeah. <laughs> where, cause we just finished the, uh, season finale of season one of smash. So mm-hmm. now we're back and we've got a couple of episodes that we're going to get in the can today. I get to do the one today. <laughs> Very excited about it. Uh, it's called platinum, the musical. <laughs> And I, we chose these because it's kind of in the same vein as Bombshell yes. and Smash, where it's got a Maryland-type uh, through line to it. So this right, is kind of fun. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to get started. I'm super excited because I don't know <laughs> anything about this. I didn't either until I did the research. I was like, okay, there's some stuff in here. I wish that I could have found a little bit more about the scandal side. I felt, I, me too. Yeah, but there just wasn't a lot. Unfortunately, I wish that there was more. Um, there's my, a, yeah. I, oh, I one side note. There's a new book I found that, oh. that the ebook came out is coming out. I saw the article from August. I think the ebook might be out already. Okay. And so um, I'm thinking about getting us that because, because then that way, like maybe it would have had more. I know it had some of what my show is in there. Okay. Um, but yeah, cause me too. I would thought I would like, it, it would be like this person had to leave the show and you're like, but why? Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly the question I had. <laughs> oh, this is fun. Okay. So the sources that I found for this are of course, Wikipedia, which is, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's the first place we always go to. Yeah. Has the, the jump off. Right. Exactly. And then we can kind of piecemeal through there and find other places. Playbill.com, IBDB, which is of course the inter- internet Broadway database. Mm-hmm. 
And then uh, the book, Not Since Carrie, which I have yes. in my apartment, but you don't have. And I was actually going to look and see if there was one for your episode. I, I Google Books. I found oh, on Google Books. So I was able to, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so Platinum the Musical. The first preview was November 2nd of 1978, with the opening happening on November 12th, 1978, and the closing December 10th, 1978. They had a total of 12 previews and 33 performances. The original Broadway production of Platinum opened at the Mark Hellinger Theater starring Alexis Smith, who starred in Follies and got huge rave reviews for that performance uh, and was directed by Joe Layton. The show as soon re- as you say Mark Hellinger, <laughs> it's just like you might as well just yep. go look up every show those at the Mark Hellinger because most of them did not Maybe succeed. Like a whole season of just Mark <laughs> Hellinger shows. It's so true, though. Why is that? Is there a reason? Like, I wonder if there's like a ghost there that's like, I hate musical theater. You get out of here. <laughs> I know, off my like, lawn. My Fair Lady, but then Legs Diamond and this show and like <laughs> yeah. a bunch of other. It's so weird. Well, and 78 was a pretty good year for flops. So. <laughs> oh. I know. But I'll mention a couple of, of ones that later on that okay. were successful shows and that was kind of exciting too in 78 okay uh all right so the show received tony award nominations for both alexa smith and her co-star richard cox platinum features a book by will holt and bruce valanche with lyrics by holt and music by gary william friedman the show follows lila halliday a dazzling 1940s hollywood legend trying to make a comeback in her explosive music uh, oh in the explosive music industry of the 1970s determined to reignite her career she turns to rock star dan riley which in another description was dan danger and i think i might have gotten that i think i may have copied that as well but mm-hmm. i thought that was funny dan danger <laughs> dan danger <laughs> and she finds herself falling in love with him as they both fight to stay in the game Platinum was originally titled Sunset when it had its world premiere in 1977 at the Studio uh, Studio Arena Theater in Buffalo, New York. The production with the book by Louis LaRusso II was directed by Tommy Toon. Oh. I know. Oh, wow. the stuff that I couldn't find info on. I was so upset about it. (sighs) Uh, The musical evolved into Platinum and moved to Broadway. Only the songwriters, Alexis Smith, Lisa Mordente, who plays uh, kind of the younger up-and-coming music star in the 1970s, but is also, and this is kind of interesting, I found this in an interview, Lisa Mordente is the daughter of Cheetah Rivera. Oh, wow! Oh, I thought that was cool. And there's this, <laughs> there's this um, amazing, I'm not going to say great, it was amazing um, performance of one of the songs uh, with Richard Cox, Lisa Mordente, and then like three backup singers, mm-hmm. I didn't get their names, um, like on a morning show, but it was, it was very seventies, <laughs> very, very 78. <laughs> oh. Um, but, and then in addition to, so, um, when they moved to Broadway, it was just the songwriters, Alexa Smith, Lisa Mordente, and one of the ensemble members, Christine Faith, who remained with the production at that point, everyone else was brand new. Oh, wow. So it was directed then at that point and choreographed by Joe Layton. Uh, 
Mm -hmm. uh, the Broadway production of Platinum opened, like I said, on November 12th, 1978 at the Mark Hellinger, where it closed December 10th after 33 performances. And despite its short run, it garnered Tony Award nominations for Alexis Smith and Richard Cox and Drama Desk Award nominations for Richard Cox and Lisa Mordente. Mm. Uh, a revised version of the original Sunset was presented off-Broadway at the Village Gate in November of 83, starring Tammy Grimes, and it was directed by Andre or not it closed after one performance and there's oh a little bit yeah i know there's a little bit that is mentioned in not since carrie and i'll just read that whole excerpt for that okay. all right now i have to remember not to use my arrow keys because it'll take me to places that i don't want to go on this <laughs> word document <laughs> <laughs> So it was produced by, and these are just all of the technical people. So it was okay. produced by Gladys Rackmill, Fritz Holt, and Barry M. Brown. It was originally titled Sunset and performed at the Studio Arena with Neil Dubrock as the producer. Music was by Gary William Friedman, book Will Holt, and Bruce Valanche. That Bruce Valanche, which I love that. He's done a couple of, of Broadway musicals. Yeah. We did another episode on him. What I think it was one of your shows. Do you remember? Okay. I can't remember, but I, I looked up platinum on Wikipedia and saw his name and I was like, Oh, I, <laughs> I know that guy, Yeah, but I can't, I can't remember. Yeah, I know yeah. we've, it's, we've done it too long. All of that information is <laughs> gone. <laughs> um, lyrics by Will Holt. Um, a note, obviously I mentioned this before that the earlier script of sunset was written by Louis LaRosa the second. Mm -hmm. Music was orchestrated by Fred Thaler and Jimmy Haskell. Mm -hmm. Music was arranged by Fred, by the same two guys, as well as Gary William Friedman, musical director Fred Thaler. It was based on an original idea by Will Holt, and it was directed by Joe Layton, choreographed by him as well. The assistant choreographer, Demita Joe Freeman, scenic design by David Hayes, costume design by Bob Mackey, which I love. Because it's perfect. It must have been so good. Yeah. The decadence of the 1940s as well as the decadence of the 1970s. And Bob Mackey, Bob Mackey. Like, destroyed it. That was one of the big things that all of the reviews kind of mentioned. It was amazing. Costumes. Yes. <laughs> Lighting design by John Gleason. Hair design by Joe Tubin. Sound design by Paramount Sound and Steve Woolley. And I think I mentioned it later, but one of the things I found out as well was that once it moved to Broadway, Paramount Studios was actually one of the producers as well. So I think maybe that had something to do with why Tommy Tune left, but I still couldn't find it anywhere. Okay. So in August of 2010, a revised version of Platinum developed by Unsung Musicals Co. Inc. played by the New York International Fringe Festival. Uh, oh, played the Fringe Festival. It was directed by Ben West with choreography by Rami Sandu. That's just a little bit of a note, but I think I mentioned that a little bit later as well. Um, awards and nominations. This is kind of cool, and um, I mentioned it a little bit earlier. Obviously, we've got the Tony Award nominations for Smith and Cox for Best Actress and Best Featured Actor. Neither of them won. Uh, for the Drama Desk nominations, we had Lisa Mordente and Richard Cox as well, and I don't believe either of them won those either. But nice. just to give you an idea of what else was going on in that season, the shows that were up for Best Musical at the Tony Awards for the 1979 season were Ballroom, The mm. Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, oh. 
Sweeney Todd. Oh, they're playing our song. Oh yes, yeah, Sweeney killed yeah. everyone. Yeah. They murdered the literally <laughs> and figuratively <laughs> everyone. It's so true. So that's <laughs> you know just to give you an idea. But you also had like I know that Sarava is one is oh, on yeah. a list that was playing in 1978. Um, I mean, it has, also has a great commercial. Yes, it does, <laughs> which you can find on YouTube. I'm sure at some point we will finally do that as an episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, shoot. I used the arrows, guys. Sorry. Well, I, one of the yeah. things, Bruce Valanche's face, mm-hmm. too, you're going to know, because um, he is was also an actor, so that's, like, another mm-hmm. reason why we recognize him. He's a stout man with bleach blonde hair about chin length but kind of sticks out like a triangle wears big thick glasses and has a beard and he kind of looks like he would just be playing video games all the time like he's got that kind of an aura about him he totally does but he's 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 not funny no he's very funny he's incredibly (laughs) talented and creative and so the idea that he you know this is not the only original concept he's come up with Okay, so I'm looking at, he did stuff for Bette Midler and Diana Ross. So that's what I'm seeing is like Bette Midler's Clams on the Half Shell Review. Yes. (laughs) An (laughs) Evening with Diana Ross, Bette, Divine Madness. Um, He also has done some Michael Feinstein concerts. Uh, There's also Comedy Tonight, which was, it was, it was just like a a concert as well. And then he... Um, he played Edna Turnblad in Hairspray. Oh, fun. I didn't know that. He's perfect for that. (laughs) Yeah, he is. For some reason, have a connection between he and Rosie O'Donnell for some reason. And I don't know why. I mean, he might've been on, he might've been on her show, which is very possible. Cause like same in my head, for some reason that's sticking out. So going back to platinum. Yes. Um, in 1978, the critical response for this show was, Mixed, but top heavy as far as them just absolutely destroying it, right? Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to read a couple of these. So Douglas Watt reviewing in the New York Daily News said that the musical was full of electricity and sends you into the night charged up. Platinum was the first big fat hit of the Broadway season and Smith was vibrant and smashing looking. He singled out songs like Destiny and Movie Star Mansion and in all the show was a triumphant piece of musical staging that achieved pure excitement. Martin Gottfried called Friedman's music excellent, melodic, ambitious, ingenious, and decidedly theatrical and Holt's lyrics clean and crafty. On the flip side, Walter Kerr said, I have a feeling that if Platinum could just get rid of its books, its songs, its microphones, and its almost arrogantly messy setting, it would be light, my, light miles ahead. So just Bob Mackey's costumes? Is that what we're basically saying? Well, who, who knows? I mean, because I, I couldn't find the rest of his article, but who knows but what the rest of it said. I'm just like, if he cut all of that. Yeah. The only be, thing be, left yeah. is Bob Mackie's costumes. <laughs> On a bare stage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting. I'm actually going to pull up uh, the New York Times review because I've, I've just got it. I'm going to read the whole thing. Okay. So Platinum is one less musical about show business. 
It takes an idea that is limp to the point of formlessness, pours it into an ill-written book, decks it out with inferior rock music, stages it shoddily, and performs it with widespread lack of skill. This may give the impression that there's not much to like in platinum. <laughs> Gee, I wonder where you got that idea. <laughs> um, uh, which opened last night at the Mark Hellinger Theater. I hasten to say that Alexis Smith, its graceful star, brings a cheerful dignity to it. She doesn't get to keep it very long. She is like a substitute teacher, briskly taking a class that has driven her predecessor to bed with nervous fatigue. And by the time the show is over, Miss Smith has caught it too. Bob Mackey's costumes are comically outrageous. And if you can't sing a costume, at least you can laugh at it. There's not a great deal else. And if I mention costumes at the start, it is because it is the kind of show in which Miss Smith's indignant exclamation, Sables, when she is complimented on her mink, passes for a laugh and dramatic shifts are signaled by changing clothes. For example, after wearing elegantly draped gowns in the first act, Miss Smith comes out in the second in tight leather pants. She's playing a 1940s singing film star trying to make a comeback at the recording studio that specializes in rock singers. At first, she refuses to change her style. Then she tries to, and this is where the leather pants appear. Finally, there is a dia uh, dialectical synthesis <laughs> uh, in which it is suggested that each generation has something to learn from the other. The first scene works well enough. Miss Smith and her shabby mink appear on the recording studio's vast soundstage to make a trial record for a group of bored technicians. The air is failure. Uh, oh, the air of failure is evident and she carries it off with an appealing wry humor and goes on to sing the show's one good song, a recollection of her star days called Nothing But, which benefits from a strongly accented astringent musical line. Then the studio's rock musicians appear and there are three backup singers and two stars, one falling and one rising. The falling one is Dan Danger. He wears glitter and lipstick. He could be Alice Cooper or perhaps Stevie Wonder. Crystal, a short explosive singer with electrically charged hair is on the way up. She steals one of Miss Smith's slow songs and make a, makes a rock number out of it. Both she and Danger torment Miss Smith by singing loudly at her. It is a kind of musical duel of generations from which the older woman wearily retreats. But then it turns out that Danger is consumed by introspection. He is 31 and slipping. He talks about going to art museums to see Rembrandt and Daumier. He claims to have lost uh, his light. I'm a heavy metal parody of myself, he sings. Furthermore, he's really an admirer of Miss Smith. Touring rock stars, he explains, have little to do after their concerts but watch old movies on television. And he has a crush on her oldies. After, her, uh, after she comes upon him naked in the jacuzzi bath, of course, the three women backup singers also bathe, but they, are, they have bathing suits, which seems unfair. Jeez. <laughs> oh, a friendship is struck up and then a love affair. They work together. She takes moaning and writhing lessons from the backups in order to freshen her musical style. Finally, everything comes together. She teaches the rock singers how to tap dance. Crystal offers to serve her up as a, a serve up as her backup singer, and they all talk about a new musical style called the disco tap. All is synthesis, harmony, and mush. This attempt to carpenter together the musical generations has very little in it that works. The characters are hasty and unbelievable caricatures. Only Miss Smith's weariness is believable, and partly because of her own. Uh, oh goodness, that's a terrible sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it's only apparent because she's so tired. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, 
the rock music is not only second rate, but its performance is also poor. The fierce extremities of a rock concert look feeble on the Broadway stage. The ferocity is curbed and all that remains is the silliness. The singing is simply a stage imitation of the real thing. Apart from Miss Smith, the actors are mostly mediocre or worse. An exception is Lisa Mordente. She has comic appeal as Crystal and a lot of life. Through her bantam strut, although her bantam strut is a repeated joke that eventually wears out. The two male leads, Richard Cox as Dan Danger and Stanley Kamel as Jeff Leff, oh Lord, <laughs> Dan Danger and Jeff Leff <laughs> are fairly weak. Though in fairness to Mr. Cox, he is, has the single worst written part in the show. Oh. David Hayes' sound studio set is gaudy, bleak, and far too big. The performers are swallowed up in it as if it was a, uh, an airplane hangar. Joe Layton, the director and choreographer, choreographer, leads them through it like stragglers. The prob, excuse me, the program bears a credit for sound design attributed to Paramount Sound. There was far too much of it. The singers were heavily mic'd, and heavy miking does to voices what a heavy dose of tranquilizers does to personalities. It puts them behind thick plate glass for all their volume. They no longer reach us. Boy, that is the truth. Yeah. And that's where I'm going to stop reading this one okay. and come back to you. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And my word document. Okay. Um, it's, it's true. There's so much of this. Like we, as, as people who love the arts, we want to see technology, how technology can change the theater world. Yes. But, you know, if you do it in a heavy-handed way, sometimes it can right. do the exact opposite of what it's actually meant to do. Right. I think technology is supposed to be one of those kind of subtle underlying things mm -hmm. that is helped to, you use it as a tool, as a support, right. as a support to what your, what your actors are doing on the stage and not necessarily as the focus. Right. So you're not, you're not going to the show that's called platinum the musical now with microphones you know so, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so i yeah. get the point on that and i definitely agree as i mentioned before i tried to find info on why tommy tune was dropped before the broadway and all i could really find was something from the footlight.com which i didn't okay. mention before but so this says platinum by gary william freedom and will holt started originally in Buffalo and at that time was titled Sunset and directed by Tommy Toon. To get it to Broadway, they got involved with Paramount Pictures and got Joe Layton as the director. Alexa Smith was really great as the former movie star, so she was kept, um, but her rock and roll younger boyfriend was not at all appealing and it was hard to find it believable, blah, blah, blah. So my reading into this Yes. Maybe felt like Paramount Studios didn't much care for Tommy Toon, or maybe there was like a conflict of interest there, but it never said anything explicitly. And I went back to even like old Tommy Toon interviews to see if mm -hmm. there was anything around that time that would even indicate that he was a part of the show to begin with. And I couldn't find anything. So wow. I know what really surprises me and what I'm going to read next is that, um, 
Ken Mandelbaum, who wrote Not Since Carrie, had nothing in there at all about Tommy Toon just not being the director anymore either. Yeah. So I, you know, it could also just be one of those things where, you know, since Will Holt was the guy with the original idea, he just kept the people that he liked moving forward mm-hmm. um, and said, you know, we're just going to start from scratch. Who knows? And there wasn't really any indication on whether Sunset was a good show either. There's no reviews? No. From that. Not that I could find. I know. Mm. I'm like, the internet is this boundless thing, and yet I felt so hindered by it. <laughs> so this is um, an excerpt from Not Since Carrie, and I'm just going to read. It's just a, a couple paragraphs, so bear with me again. This is a long okay. read, but it's, it's worth listening to the whole thing because he's got good insight on, on these musicals mm-hmm. for the most part. Alexa Smith scored a triumph in her first Broadway musical outing, Follies, winning raves even from critics who disliked the show. She returned to Broadway uh, playing Lila Halliday, 40s movie musical star, now reduced to touring in Dolly in Maine in the musical Platinum. Lila, attempting a comeback in a recording studio, meets declining rock star Dan Danger, who writes her a hit song and with whom she begins a relationship. Platinum began life in Buffalo under the title Sunset with Smith starring direction by Tommy Toon, a score by Will Holt and Gary William Friedman, and a book by Louis LaRusso II. For Broadway, only the songwriters were retained. Joe Layton directed and choreographed, and the new book was by Will Holt and Bruce Valanche. Paramount Pictures supplied part of the financing and allowed the show to rehearse on one of its old sound stages. As in Follies, Smith received raves, but the show closed after a month's run at a loss of 1.743 million, which in today's money is? Three million? Almost seven million. Seven? In fact, the exact number is 6,948,421. Honestly, that's still extremely low for a musical nowadays. I was going to say that. Yeah. I mean, it's, that is very, very true. Nowadays. Yeah. But nowadays. Even, you know, even if you kind of do the apples and oranges comparison, mm-hmm. you're right. 7 million actually isn't that bad. No. <laughs> it's like, give me 1 million and I'd be happy. <laughs> no, it's wild. It's wild. When we're watching, you know, watching smash. And when she says, mm-hmm you know, she has $7 million in the show. And that's just like the Boston run. I'm like, that's still pretty. Totally. Very. Especially if you considered that she had a star. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) At least for a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, stars, I feel like make 10,000 a week. It, it depends on the contract. There's some yeah. stars who like, they just want to do the show. They realize they're, you know, and Which so is awesome. And all of them should do that since you make millions of dollars to make your movies and you could do it for free if you really wanted to. Truth. <laughs> Truth. I honestly think because of the state we're in right now, like there's mm-hmm. going to be more of that. There's mm-hmm. going to have to be. Yeah. I'm hoping that there'll be kind of a resurgence and maybe this will happen with Be An Arts Hero because Mm -hmm. it is picking up steam. There was a senator that tweeted about it. Um, I can't remember his name, but I saw that on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, That I'm hoping like that we, you know, that we'll get these kind of big name stars that said, I'm going to do this musical when we come back in May next year. And I'm donating the proceeds to all of the, uh, you know, to the chorus and to the arts fund or whatever it is 
I think that would be major that yeah. would get, get us back on our feet again. Since yeah. it's not, because this, what the senator tweeted essentially was these are not people that are just out of work. These are people who are being prevented from doing what they have trained for their entire right. lives. Right. That's the big, that's the big deal right now. Yeah. You know, we we're the people in the arts are not essential right now. And because it would be detrimental to everybody's health for them to actually do their jobs mm -hmm. is why they are not working right now. Not because they're choosing unemployment over working. Right. Right. All right. Back to Ken Mendelbaum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, oh, there was a couple of words on the other page, a revised version reverting to the title Sunset and starring Tammy Grimes opened off-Broadway at the Village Gate in 1983, managing to destroy anything that was good about Platinum. <laughs> the new Sunset closed in one night. Indeed, there was some good in, uh, oh, some gold in Platinum. Its basic concept of a clash of generations and styles, rock versus 40 swing, crass versus class was an intriguing one that was never fully exploited. An unconventional show, Platinum nevertheless failed to live up to its stunning opening, in which Lila, standing in a recording studio where her old soundstage used to be, drifted from the song she was trying to record into a personal statement of what it took to be a movie star back when, in the number Nothing But. But there was a pervading implausibility to the events of Platinum's book. And the show tended to make 40s nostalgia far more attractive than 70s heavy metal rock. Smith was ideally cast and excellent, but she was not a big enough draw to carry the show. The failure of Platinum meant the producer stopped searching for musical vehicles for her. The action of Platinum had eerie parallels to Smith's own plight. In between and after her two Broadway musicals, Smith, just like Lila Halliday, took to touring in stock. There you go. I mean, sad. it is sad. It is sad because I think, you know, this is not, it's not a career choice for the weak hearted. Yeah. We've talked about that before. Mm -hmm. If you, mm -hmm. if you feel like you can do anything else, go and do anything else. Mm -hmm. But if you are so set, if you are heart set in being a, an actor, a musical director, a choreographer, a producer, a writer, any, any of those, a dresser, a stage crew member, yeah. like any of those things, all inclusive, then that is what you have to do. That mm -hmm. is what your body refuses to do anything else in lieu of. Right. And, but it's also not one of those careers that is without risk. Right. In fact, every single show that is put up has risk. Mm -hmm. There's no sure thing. You could have a hit in Boston and make it to Broadway and it's an absolute flop within the first, the first act. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like, it's, you know, you're going into it with these enormous hopes and to have that falter can be in itself really hard to deal with, but then to have two major successes in two Broadway shows that just happen to be flopped flops mm -hmm. and for you to just kind of disappear into obscurity, not yeah. even obscurity, but just kind of go in. And I, there's nothing wrong with going on tours and right, doing of theater, course. theater and doing stock and regional. Cause like that, 
you got to, you got to make your bread and butter somewhere. Right. And some, and some people are able to live in places that are not as expensive as New York and make their living being an actor. Yes. When I was living in Bloomington, I was doing it in Indianapolis all the time. When I was living in Chicago, I was working in Chicago regionally and I was happy to do so. Mm -hmm. And there are very talented people in all of those forums. So I'm not saying that, but it is kind of like, Oh, you were so close. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ah, you were just so close. So that is Platinum the Musical. If you know, if our listeners know anything more about what happened with Tommy Toon, I'd love to know. Like yes. if you've had anybody that was actually in the show, because mm-hmm. we, we were reached out to, but when we did the episode of Senator Joe, mm-hmm. I was reached out to on Facebook by one of the cast members and they invited me, they invited us into this mm-hmm. Facebook group of just mm-hmm. Senator Joe people. So great. I know it was so cool. And so now every once in a while I'll get like a picture or playbill or, you know, like a, a sound clip or a video that, you know, that they'll pass around within that group. And it's super fun. Yeah. And it's also, you know, it doesn't matter that the show failed. Mm-hmm. What matters is that you still had the opportunity to create all of these relationships with those people. And so yeah. the memories will always be really great and really yeah. fun and really awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'd love to hear from you. If you, if you happen to know, if you've got any like inside scoop or stories on this show or any of the shows that we do, we would yeah. love to hear that stuff. Love to hear it. And, and if you got to see it even, yeah. you know, that, that we, we weren't born then. So it's, uh, <laughs> it would be super fun to hear from somebody who, totally. who was able to see it. Yeah. Or if someone was able to see like the 83 version or if something right. that one night, that would be pretty awesome. Or like the 2010 version that they did at the Fringe Festival too. I'd love to hear your thoughts. That'd be cool. But there That'd are cool. some videos that you can watch on YouTube. I think there are two of them. Okay. Um, one is Nothing But, which is the song that was mentioned in a bunch of different re- reviews sung by mm-hmm. Alexis Smith. And then the other one that I mentioned earlier on the daytime television program yeah. with Lisa Mordente and Richard Cox and the three backup singers. So that, that was fun. The, um, the book that I was talking about earlier, too, is called Musical Misfits. Okay, fun. Yeah, so it's, it's <laughs> got about 151 shows that, that didn't find their audience all right so um you know but we i'd I'd love to hear more about platinum and if anybody saw it or was in it that'd be great (laughs) yes yeah well thank you all for listening thank you so much (laughs) bye (laughs) thank you for listening to our podcast theater geeks anonymous you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TGABWAY and on Facebook at Theater Geeks Anonymous. And if you want to tell us how much you love us or you have a great story about one of the shows we've talked about, drop us a note at TGABWAY at gmail.com. Until, Until next time, time geeks. geeks. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org, because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.